Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hey, guys. What's going on? Happy Thursday. Not Thursday no, yet. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> Facebook Live Day. Podcast on Thursday. That's it. Anyway, guys, welcome to episode 66. That's right. I said 66 of the It's All Fine and wow. Dangy show. I keep show. doing that. 66. 66. We're, we're just flying we're through flying it. flying right through. Um, we today have a very cool guest, and her um, name is Miss Kelly Hain. She is the assistant director of the CARE Foundation. It is a wildlife sanctuary and education facility right here in Apopka, right, right down the road from us. So surprising to me. Yeah. Yes. So we're super excited to find all of find out all about the Care Foundation, what they stand for, and um, what their needs are. We're just gonna get right into it. Welcome, Miss Kelly. How are you this evening? I am great. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to be here with you guys. Oh, thank you. We're excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. So I was really excited the first time, like a couple times I drove by the sign that you guys have out, you know, and it caught my eye and I thought it was a greyhound on the sign. And I'm like, I wonder if that's like a greyhound rescue. So the next time I went by, I stopped by it. And then I was talking to um, Holly Fox, his cousin. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've been there before. And I'm like, oh, so cool. So then I found you guys on um, Facebook and started following you. And I'm like, you know what? Let's see if they want to be on the show. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know why, but we'll get into, you know, some questions about the foundation and things, but it surprised me for some reason. You know, I grew up right off of Pond Can Road in Apopka. I was born in Apopka, and I had no idea there was a place like this right in Apopka, so it's very cool, very exciting. So we'll get into the history of it, how long they've been there and everything, a little bit. But um, as we start all of our shows, we just like you to intro yourself to our audience and maybe um, tell us a little bit about your position there and what you do at the CARE Foundation. Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Kelly Hain and I am the assistant director at the CARE Foundation. I have actually been there for, uh, oh gosh, it's 11 years now. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I started as a volunteer there 11 years ago. I moved down to Florida from New Jersey uh, with that dream that every little girl has who loves animals. I wanted to be a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. To which I went on a number of interviews and um, I never made it into the marine mammals, but I ended up at a job at Universal Studios working with animals um, at a show there and with animals in the movies. But in the meantime, while I was looking to try and get into that, I just started volunteering with Kristen um, out at CARE. And that's when I kind of learned about the rescue and Um, the education. And it was a much different place than I ever thought I'd end up. But I got really close to a lot of the animals that I work with now. So I never really left there. I still volunteered. I gave them a lot of free time. That was kind of my, my little peaceful place. And as time went on, she was, I just, her and I became very good friends. That became my home. Those became my children. And then she started needing um, you know, somebody more to help her run the place. And she looked to me and I said, absolutely. So now that's my full-time job. That's not just my job, but it's my life. Um, And I I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's a story. Um, Am am I echoing? No, I think what's happening is her speaker is getting picked up by the microphone. Let's test that for a minute. Hello, hello. Okay, it's fine now. It's fine now. Maybe I was just too loud or something. Or me. (laughs) 
Do I sound okay? Can you still hear me? No, you yeah, sound great. You're fine. Okay. I was echoing a little bit in my ear, so you know, okay. I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Oh, I think it's just Skype being yeah. Skype. So we chatted. Me and um, me and Kelly were chatting a little bit before we got started, and yeah. I asked how she, um, how they are handling, you know, everything since COVID nineteen. Oh, and yes. what did you respond to that, Miss Kelly? Uh, well, my life really hasn't changed. In fact, I think we're working harder than ever uh, okay. during this time. I mean, it's it has changed in the sense that, unfortunately, um, because we are a nonprofit and, you know, charitable giving is a lot of the way that we, you know, are able to run donations, uh, but also events, booked events, uh, birthday parties, tours, um, school shows, library shows. We've lost a lot of our income. So a lot of our public mm-hmm. Events have been sidelined, which is an unfortunate thing, but we kind of looked on the bright side and said, how can we use this positively? And we've been doing a ton of projects, construction projects, repairs. We've rescued a lot of new animals this year. So we're looking to bring them in and get them settled. So in terms of on property work, we are, um, I I think, working our butts off harder than we ever have, Uh, which is exciting. Um, I'm, you know, myself and Kristen, the director, are constantly off property doing events, educational shows um, and stuff like that. So it's nice to be back on property uh, with our kids and really working hard. But we do miss that going off property. And of course, that's we've lost a huge source of our income right now. So it's kind of a catch 22 for us. Um, so, but no, we are, our lives never changed. We have been chucking along, uh, behind those doors, trying to get geared up for summer and for the animals we're bringing in. So yeah, just kind of a change of role really, but not, not a change of, you know, how much work you almost sounds like you're more busy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do a lot of on property things. Um, I mean, even though I'm the assistant director, I'm still, just as involved in not to get graphic. I mean, scoop and poop, um, you know, doing the dirty. I mean, my, my fingernails are dirty every single day. So, um, I also help to run the volunteer program. So I am with there with the volunteers every single day, um, right down in the nitty gritty. Um, so we have to do everything there, uh, feeding the animals, scooping their poop, uh, cleaning the enclosures, doing the repairs, even landscaping, gardening, property upkeep. We do everything ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. but on top of that, you know, when our events are going on, I do go off property and I do education and, and events like that too. So, yeah. um, it has yeah. been nice to be home. And right now, so. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's, that's a good part of what you do is to kind of educate the community too. So. <laughs> Yeah, being able to get out and do that or have people actually visit the foundation to be able to get that education. I'm sure you guys are all looking forward to get getting back to that. Yes. If I could interrupt just a bit, because I think our guests are going to wonder, what is this foundation? Can we rewind just a hair? And can you tell us what the foundation is and maybe start with how the foundation got started? Yeah. So Care Foundation is a nonprofit wildlife sanctuary um, that has been open now for 24 years. So Kristen Burford, she's the founder and the director and one of my closest friends, my sister, um, uh, my sister at heart. And she is um, she started it 24 years ago. And her main mission was to focus mainly on native Florida wildlife. But her goal was to really just go around to schools, libraries, groups and educate on, you know, on wildlife, on why it 
some animals don't make great pets, um, but in general, just to have a kind of a small uh, little thing. And then she started having a lot of people needing to rehome um, other animals. And she found herself in a position where she ended up with a lot more than she bargained for. The The original idea was to not have what we have now. Uh, but she has a heart of gold. Uh, she no. will not say no. Exactly. She will not say no to an animal in need. And so what started out as a very simple, small educational thing for her uh, turned into over 200 animals, uh, 10 acres. Oh we have God. animals from um, almost every continent. We have big cats is one of the big things. So we do have tigers. Uh, we have a, a hybrid. We have a liger. We've got primates, uh, a ton of primates. We've got a ton of tropical birds, small mammals like foxes, um, servals, uh, raccoons, skunks, possums. And then, of course, we have a very large reptile collection as well, including crocodilian, alligators, and even venomous snakes. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. So that's encompassing yeah, what we have. Um, and the story behind a lot of them is that a good majority of them were either um, expats, privately owned pets that people either owned illegally or they did own them legally. You have to have a licensing for a lot of them here in the state of Florida. And they either didn't want them anymore. Um, classic stories. I don't have time for them. It got too big and I didn't realize it would get that big. It bit my child, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or native Florida wildlife that were deemed non-releasable for a variety of reasons. We kind of get the animals that are the unwanted um, animals that otherwise would have not had a home. Um, And of course, the animals that can't go to the wild because either they're not from here or they were born in captivity. So um, we're a safe haven for animals that would otherwise have had nowhere to go. That's yeah. Really so, yeah. so is it normally like, you know, when we're not in the COVID-19 thing, is it normally like a zoo for the public, I guess I should ask? No. So we're not open to the public on a daily basis. Right. Um, we do tours by appointment only. Um, a, we like to keep it nice and quiet and peaceful for our animals. Makes sense. Um, yeah. But also we are run entirely on volunteers. So we don't always have a full staff. Uh, We don't have some sort of gift shop at the front where there's somebody manning that. um, And we will sometimes just have a couple of people running the place. So uh, we do we are still currently doing very small tours right now. And we have still done a few during um, the pandemic, but we kept it to really groups of four to six or less. um, And it was, you know, it was those private guided tours. So we're still doing those now. We've always done those. That's a big draw. Um, is coming in. Uh, usually it's a tour guide. Yours truly is one of them. Um, <laughs> you get to walk around for an hour and a half to two hours. You do interaction with some of our animal ambassadors, um, feed treats to a few of the animals. And of course, part of the big draw is also seeing some of our big cats get fed uh, their meal. Right. So uh, it's a great educational walkthrough, but it's all supervised. Um, and then we do one or two weekends a year where we do open the um, sanctuary to the public. It's kind of our, it's our biggest fundraiser of the year. We call it an open house. Uh, it's admission at the door. It's basically a big festival. Nice. We do food trucks, we do bounce houses, we do crafts. We invite other facilities and other vendors to come out. 
Um, that is when we allow people to walk the property where we bring in 30 or 40 of our volunteers to staff it for education and, and fun. But right now we can't even start to plan that. We would normally do it in the fall because we don't know social gathering wise, a, if we'd be allowed and if that's even a good idea. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So, I almost yeah. like that you're not normally open to the public in general, because I think it's, it, it kind of states what you're about, that mm-hmm. you're about helping the animals more than putting them on display. Um, yeah. Can you tell us what CARE stands for? Yeah. So CARE is an acronym for Creating Animal Respect and Education. Uh, And that was started by Kristen. So that's exactly what it sounds like. Um, It's all about, you know, the animals and not only teaching people how to respect them, but educating them on, you know, the importance of conservation awareness. Uh, We do have quite a few endangered species on our property, but also um, educating them on why a lot of these animals do not make good pets. Um, you know, and help to hopefully people go away with a little bit of knowledge when they leave our place. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So you talked about some of the animals that you have there. And so when the animals come there, do you rehabilitate any of them or is it pretty much once they come to you, did you say that that's their forever home kind of? Yeah. So we actually do not have a rehab license. Um, to give you a little bit of an idea of just how hard it is to run a place like ours, we have, uh, I think, 26 or 27 different licenses That's to operate our <laughs> specific facility. Yeah, we have one major federal license, and that falls under the USDA. And then we have uh, a number of different Fish and Wildlife Commission licenses based on what kinds of animals, what class they fall under, and so on. But uh, the rehab license is an entirely different program. Um, and Kristen chose not to do that because that's a whole nother ball ballgame. So we do um, work with a rehab center here in Orlando, and there's a couple of different places, but there's one called Back to Nature. It's a great rehab center. So if somebody does find uh, an animal directly in the wild, whether it's an injured animal or an orphaned animal, and they try and bring it to us, we'll uh, direct them towards that rehab facility, um, where hopefully that's, of course, the goal is to rehab and release any animal that can go back to the wild. Um, so we mainly do work with animals that either were deemed non-releasable by those rehabbers or fishing and wildlife, um, or mainly exotic species that were bred in captivity to begin with. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, is there one exotic animal that you seem to get, um, more of them coming in than others? We have had in the 10 years that I've been there, the day that I started volunteering, we didn't have a single primate on property. So monkeys, um, mainly. And in this 10 years, we now have over a dozen uh, that have come in. Wow. So it's, wow. yeah. And then we, again, we had very few, I mean, foxes are, it's, it's kind of the trend, whatever is the trendy animal. Yeah. Um, so foxes are native to Florida, but they're considered an exotic. You do have to have a license to own them. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd say primates are the big one um, that we didn't have any when we started. And, and uh, Kristen always said, I'm never going to have primates. It's something I'm not sure I want to kind of really get involved in. Um, but we had a group of uh, monkeys that we rescued 10 years ago that are now some of the biggest faces of our rescue. And the story they have was so uh, heartbreaking mm-hmm. and there's no way she could have said no. And now we're so thrilled that we took them on and their lives are changed so much for the better that it's just it stemmed from there. Yeah, so there were uh, three capuchin monkeys and one spider monkey. 
Um, and actually our spider monkey also has his own Facebook page. His name is Amos, famous Amos. (laughs) And, um, they were owned by an animal hoarder in, uh, the downtown Orlando area. Mm. And, um, sadly the owners passed away. And when the whole scene was, uh, found and Kristen was called in uh, along with fish and wildlife to handle the animals, um, they had found a number of animals, birds, dogs, cats, but they also found these four monkeys living in uh, small bird cages. Oh. Uh, it was filthy in the dark and all of their front teeth had been pulled. Oh my um, God. No canines, no incisors. Uh, they were terrified. Um, Amos, the spider monkey was actually um, tethered to the woman when she had passed. Oh my so God. if you can kind of picture that graphic image of it's like a child yeah. if their mom or dad passes away, just sitting there crying. Um, oh my gosh. So it was one of those situations. She walked in and she said, I'm, t- I'm taking them home. Yeah. Um, and Amos in particular pretty much latched himself onto Kristen, like a, a kid, like a baby mm. and would not let go for, for weeks. Um, so that was over 10 years ago. And now they are probably the most spoiled, rotten, happy monkeys. Um, who's yeah, definitely their lives would have been miserable. Yeah. Had we not been able yeah. to keep on so. So, wow. Yeah, That's a tragic story with a, with a good ending, at least. So what would yeah. normally happen to animals like that if they if there wasn't some place like Care Foundation taking them in? Would they I euthanize mean, it, them usually? Yeah, that, that's sometimes a, a sad, a, yeah, a sad ending, depending on what kind of animal it is. Um, if they can't find anywhere for them to go. Yes, um, euthanasia is a possibility. Um, I know that a lot of times Fish and Wildlife will work very hard to place them in a facility. So it depends on what kind of animal it is, um, what the hardships are in having them placed. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it depends. I mean, we've had uh, police go in and do drug raids and find, you know, exotic animals. The illegal pet trade is huge. Uh, We've taken animals that were parts of that. As wow, I'm so naive said, about that stuff. Yeah. I never would have thought that. Yeah, and you have you said that you have an interesting cat, a Laliger. A yes. Tell oh, me, guy. I'm wearing his shirt. Actually, I don't know if you can see if you it. Stand uh, up a little bit. We can see. Okay, so that's his face. What? But this is actually a year ago. So he's called a Laliger. I don't know if you guys know what a liger is. Uh, is that uh, a is lion that a, tiger? That's what I was going to yes. ask. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fifty fifty. Um, you know, from people who ever saw the movie Napoleon Dynamite with the kids when it's a, the whole the part of the movie is it's a myth. It's not a myth. They actually are real. Oh, wow. um, and there are facilities all over the country. Some of them that 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 breed ligers. Obviously, most most zoos don't have them. They're not natural in the wild. They do not exist in the wild. Yeah. Um, so our guy is actually um, a low liger. So he's a hybrid of a hybrid. Okay. Yeah. Explain me. <laughs> so um, his name is Chimera. Um, and Chimera is, uh, so he's uh, part lion, part tiger, but his dad is a lion and his mom is the liger. So oh. he's basically two parts lion, one part tiger. Gotcha. Okay. We did not breed him. We don't, we don't do any breeding like yeah. that. That's not what yeah. we're about. But, um, we have no idea where uh, he was bred. Um, mm-hmm. we have an idea of maybe where he came from based on our connections, stories, 
uh, Netflix series oh. <laughs> that go on. Oh, uh, I have a question in the in the chamber for that for sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, there's very few places that have bred Laligers, and for many years, people thought Laligers and the hybrids were all sterile. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we got a you know we connected with somebody who had uh, acquired Chimera and his brother. Um, at another educational uh, type entertainment facility. And then they decided they wanted to get rid of one of them. So mm. our director, she kind of thought it over for a while. I mean, that was a big, big cat to take on. Yeah, sure. um, but in the end, she thought we have three tigers that were growing up at the time that he could, you know, socialize with, grow up with. We had a ton of big cat experience. And I mean, to be honest, who else was going to take this cat? Right. Um, he's a hybrid and, you know, most zoos wouldn't take him and we didn't want him to go somewhere where he wouldn't get treated well. Sure. So sure. she said, yep, I'll take him in. And uh, when we got him, he was 11 weeks old, uh, about 30 pounds. He was a chubby little cubby. <laughs> uh, we were told he would grow to be maybe 500 pounds, if that. And he's not even three years old yet. And he's probably well over 600 pounds already. Oh, my. Now, is this maybe the reason why the zoos didn't want to take him on? I mean, is it just because they don't know much about them? Why would they normally not take an animal like that? Um, I mean, most most accredited zoos generally won't get involved with, A, with other, like, unaccredited like not accredited facilities mm -hmm. zoos generally will network with each other um so when it comes to smaller facilities um nonprofits, we try and work together but when you're talking about independent private facilities private breeders uh the zoos tend to stay away from that but especially the hybrids um when you're talking about a man-made animal um there's a lot of taboo that can surround that so uh it's something that you know we don't have an opinion on it necessarily we take in the animals that nobody else wants. And so as long as we have a healthy, happy animal, um, the rest is, you know, is not a big deal. But there's a lot of taboo that surrounds whether there's any conservation benefit to them. Um, they don't exist in the wild. So a lot of zoos would say they're focusing on conservation to animals being in the wild. Yeah, natural animals. Yeah. And it's not something they would want to encourage as well. Probably. Sure. So that's why they sure. don't do that. Okay. Understandable. Yeah. But that's what's great about your facility is this is one of the things having an animal like that, that is one of your things that you would educate people about. This is not, right. this wouldn't happen naturally. This is man tampering with yeah. animals to get something that they want. Sure. Now there are, I mean, many years ago when people were breeding these hybrids, it was kind of that backyard breeding Jurassic Park type stuff. Let's see what kind of cool animal we can get. Um, now, 30, 40 years later, there are some genetic benefits to having some of these animals um, mm -hmm. that helps with, you know, genetic research of the lion and tiger population in captivity. So it's not to say that there couldn't be some positive that comes out of having animals like him around. But, um, you know, people ask us all the time, well, are you going to breed him? Uh, no, we, we don't care. We have no plans of exploiting this animal whatsoever. Um, but we'd get that question a lot, which yeah. kind of yeah. thinks that that's probably how he was born to begin with was let's see what kind of cool animal we can create. Wow. That's yeah. weird. It's so weird. I mean, it's great that you guys rescued him, but it's weird. I didn't even know that you could cross breed different types of animals like that. You can. It's crazy what people come up with. No yeah. kidding. That's how we got all the different types of doggies. And I mean, stuff if you think about it, have, that's true. You know? That's very true, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you guys have like a hands-on policy with your animals too, don't you? We do. Can you yes, tell us very a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, 
We, we like to be as hands-on as possible. Um, if any animal comes in that craves attention, um, especially since they live with us, um, and if we can give that to them, a lot of times that's going to help to fill in the gaps of maybe something they wouldn't get without being in the wild. Right. Um, especially right. animals that, you know, even if they're solitary, um, tigers are generally solitary cats in the wild. But, you know, if they crave attention, if they want that affection, um, and we can do it safely, then that's something we're going to give them. It's that if that's going to enrich their lives, um, obviously we give them toys and if they like to socialize with each other, we'll do that too. But that goes with any of our animals. So it depends on what kind of animal comes in and where they're coming from. And we, we have animals that have been maybe abused, neglected, um, found on the side of the road where we don't even know their story, um, where they've come from. So we kind of have to give them time to adjust to our place and then see what it is they want from us. Um, if they don't want anything in terms of attention, they prefer their own, you know, just toys. Uh, you know, we can do, I call them busy boxes or hiding treats, foraging, things like that, trying to recreate natural behaviors. Yeah. We will do yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're very bonding is something that some of these animals really love. Um, Chimera is one of those animals. He is part lion. They are pride animals in the wild, a really important part of their social structure. Their family structure is literally to headbutt, to, you know, to clean each other, to lick each other, to sleep together, to nuzzle each other. He does it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something we find very important, um, that our animals, they enjoy it. Um, so if we didn't give that to them, I feel like we'd be taking something away from them. Yeah. And they're, they've been brought there so that their quality of life can improve. And if that's something that improves it and can make them live a long, happy life, I guess, then that's what you're giving them. So I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Plus there's a, sorry, there's, there is a huge benefit to the hands-on that Mm -hmm. I kind of do want to add that some people say, well, you know, by, by being so hands-on with them, you're, you know, you're humanizing them or you're you're trying to make them a pet. Um, a big benefit to hands-on is also that in terms of care for them, um, vet care, being able to do all those things, Mm -hmm. it makes it us more able to really care for them in that sense. So if we need to give an animal a medication or, you know, physically examine an animal, um, having that relationship with them makes it so much easier. Oh yeah. So that's is, something it's, it's a bit, sounds a bit scary to me. I get why you do it though. It just, yeah. uh, but the yeah. other thing is too, what people need to um, realize they're not going back out into the wild or going anywhere no. else. This is their forever home. Oh, that's a great so, point. So you're not afraid of them getting used to people and then not being able to uh, be safe around, you know, because in the wild, they'll tell you don't feed an animal because then it gets used to people and it it doesn't understand the people relationship. And so that's a great point. You guys aren't concerned about that because they're staying with you. Right. Yeah. So if you're working at a rehab center, part of what you're trying to do is keep them from getting used to people. So that's, that's a whole nother set of circumstances. But with us, yeah, it's that instead being comfortable at our facility, um, you know, not making them stressed out, not having them have anxieties and things like that. So an animal that's cowering at the back of an enclosure, that's not what we want to see. Um, but we do have animals that they're simply happy with. We can walk in the door of their enclosure. Um, we can clean, we can feed them, we can give them new things, but they're very much 
you know, hey, you can come in here, but don't touch me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no touchy touchy. That's that. This is as far as you can come. You can hand me something, but don't right. touch me. And that's the established relationship we have. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. we can handle it accordingly um, for any animal that we can't touch directly. We will um, build what we call security lockdowns where they shift voluntarily into those separate areas for treats and positive reinforcement. So then we can do repairs, cleaning in their main sure. area so no. that they don't feel anxious or threatened by us. Like so we have all of these does. measures. Yeah. Right. Right. Or animals that are large predators. So we have a big black bear, Lola, uh, that she, we do not ha- hang out with her in any way, shape or form. So yeah. she ships over. Yeah. And then some of our big cats that we're not um, hands on with directly. So, yeah, we have all that in place, too, for safety. We, we cover all grounds, but the animals that we can literally walk in the door with and they can hop all over us while we're doing everything, um, they love it. They love being a part of it. So that's awesome. we would never take you know, I, I didn't think yeah. about this either, but I bet that's when I, I know nothing about animals. So I'm just going to you, – but you said something that kind of struck me about cowering in the back of the cage and having anxiety. I Aside from that being like a miserable existence for them, but when they're comfortable, I'm assuming – that's when they don't like, I would assume that most accidents happen when animals have anxiety because they're, uh, I would assume that's when they strike out because they're afraid. I'm um, in captivity. I mean, yeah, that, that can be one of the reasons. Um, yeah, a big part of our train where we're training our volunteers and when we bring an animal in is definitely allowing them time to adjust. I mean, I have a psychology degree and people ask me all the time, how could you possibly use your psychology degree? I said every single day. Right, <laughs> it's all about behavior with these guys. You're, you're bringing in an animal where you have no idea what they've been through. You have no idea you know, what they're thinking. So part of your job is to walk in there and go, okay, let me try and get get inside this animal's head and think, how can I make you comfortable with what I'm doing? But, you know, at the same time, respect the relationship we're, you know, we're building with them and still allow for it to be as natural of an existence for them as possible. Right. So you're trying to cover all of these different facets, you know, at the same time. So definitely um, we, as as stressful as as stress, like stress-free as a life as we can give them, so when it does come to the vet exams, you know, our, we have a vet exam once a year, sometimes twice a year, our vet comes out and she does have to vaccinate those three to 500 pound tigers and that 600 pound the liger. She's not going to walk in the door with those animals. So we train them. We walk in the door with the ones we can to actually lean up against the side of the fence where she can then vaccinate them through the fence. Ah, so yeah. a lot of zoos yeah. do that too. The voluntary blood draws will they teach their their primates, their apes, their big cats to voluntarily come up, lean up against the side. Uh, a lot of their apes, like their gorillas or their orangutans, to actually present an arm or a hand to come actually sit there while they do a blood draw. That's also yeah. a level of trust that you've uh, developed mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we try and do the same thing with a lot of our animals, but when you're working with animals that maybe have been abused, neglected, you know, have gone through some traumatic experiences, you're working kind of already, you know, with a little bit against you to try and bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course. Well, I love that the CARE Foundation has really started because she was so passionate, not only about animals, but educating others about them. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about the education you do in the community, places that could ask for you guys to come. Do you bring animals with you? Like, what kind? What are you doing in the community as far as educating? What am I trying to so, say? I don't know. 
I, I get you. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You got it. All right. um, so Kristen's main um, focus is, I mean, we honestly, there's, there's not much we won't do in terms of education. Um, a lot of what we get calls for is um, school, like I said, library shows, uh, school events in the summertime. Um, a big draw is a lot of the day camps, uh, the kids like daycares come out for if they're looking to do like a, a day trip with the kids to bring out the kids to do a tour of the property. Um, we do birthday parties on property as well, where like parents can schedule their kids uh, birthday party where they can do a tour of the facility. We have a playground area um, where they can still, the kids can, you know, run around crazy away from the animals, but then we do some birthday party, you know, animal guests that will come and enjoy part of that. So, uh, we also have, um, sometimes we'll do con- even conventions depends on what it is that they're looking for. Um, <laughs> that, because sometimes it's just, Hey, you know, we're having a convention and we're looking for a little bit of just breath of fresh air. Uh, do you have a couple of tropical birds that just love to be tropical birds yeah. and come out and you can talk about what you do and why, you know, why you exist and allow these birds to just come out and have a heck of a good time um, at maybe like company dinner parties, too. So she does some of those. Um, but in terms of education, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of kids groups that we try and do uh, the tours on our property that we really gear towards um, towards families as well. Um and I would assume that those are a, a source of income for you as well. So that, yes. yes. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all different, different donation uh, based on what kinds of animals you're looking for, uh, what types of shows you're looking for, the length of time. Um, yeah. So we have a group of animal ambassadors that we particularly keep that love to go out and meet people. One of our capuchin monkeys, Rosie, she's, we call her the happy monkey. Uh, she's one of the four original monkeys I was telling you about. She loves to go out and just show off for everybody. And she's our main monkey that is our, you know, education monkey to teach people why they don't make good pets. Um, and then we have uh, some small mammals like one of our skunks, um, a gator, a couple of snakes, other small reptiles, one of our um, mini pigs. Uh, her name is Pagorny Weaver. <laughs> or Kiwi. Oh, um, so yeah. <laughs> yes, we're very, yeah, we love to, to come up with, with fun names. Um, but a lot of these animals are animals that truly love people and just mm-hmm. interacting with people. So they also, you know, some of them are also endangered species. So you, they, you know, do their part in educating, but also just have a heck of a good time hanging out. Very so. cool. So, so I have to ask, I, I know that you go rescue animals when, you know, maybe it was like a weird uh, scenario, like you talked about where it's an exotic pet owner, maybe they shouldn't have had it or you've other facilities. Can people, is there a way that people can reach out to you if they know of or have an animal that I'm just wondering, like how do people, if someone has an animal and or finds an animal, can they call you and say, Hey, I have a whatever. Do you guys want it? Is, is that a common way that you get animals as well? Because I would assume you'd get sort of overwhelmed with calls if that was the case. We do sometimes. Um, like I said, there's often a trend, um, you know, what's kind of the trendy pet of the year. Um, it's recent years. It's been like the, the pot belly pigs, the mini pigs, uh, the Mm -hmm. giant tortoises has been big lately. Um, at one point it was the, you know, the monkeys, uh, foxes. So we do get calls often for animals like that. If it is an exotic or considered an exotic that you have to have a license for, um, they can call us directly. 
And we can choose to say, yes, you know, we have the room, the resources. We always have to look at our facility. Do we have the space for the animal? Do we have the experience? Have we ever had this animal? And do we think we can give it the proper care? Um, And do we have the resources to, you know, actually take this animal in? But on top of that, legally, if the animal requires a license, this person has to provide that licensing, stating that they've done all the right paperwork and give us all of that with the animal. Um, otherwise, we're required to turn them over to Fish and Wildlife Commission because otherwise we get in trouble. Of course. Um, of course. Because then they're illegally owning an animal and we don't really, yeah. we can't condemn yeah. that. And they're so passing we have had a couple that people to, to you, that risk yeah. to you. Yeah. Correct. We have to have all of our paperwork in order. We get inspected at least once a year um, by the Fish and Wildlife Commission and USDA. And the very first thing they ask for is all of our paperwork. Uh, to make sure all of our animals are, you know, accounted for, that we have acquired all of them legally and that we have the right to have them here and care for them properly. So we keep all of our ducks in a row. If anybody else (laughs) wants to, then they need to follow the proper channels. And if not, then, you know, shame on you. And we need to make sure Fish and Game is aware of that. Of course. You you also talked about volunteers earlier uh, as we first started chatting. How do people go about becoming a volunteer and what's like expected of someone if they're volunteering, like it, can anyone be a volunteer or is there a set of requirements? Um, anybody can be a volunteer. We generally look for you to, to be, you know, 18 or more. We have had a couple of volunteers under 18. Um, if you are under 18, mom or dad has to be with you at all times and be a volunteer as well. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. So, you know, if there are any physical limitations or anything like that, yeah, we can accommodate anybody. Um, but we are very honest when people come looking to volunteer that it is not a, um, Pet a fest. cat. Yeah, it's it's not a cat cuddling position at the SPCA. Yeah. It's kind of how I've explained it. I've done work. those positions. As well. yeah, yeah, you're going to be dirty. Um, our volunteers are out there in, in the pouring rain, in the heat. Um, they, I mean, they spend all day just literally covered in Lord knows what, and <laughs> they do it with a smile on their face. And the biggest thing is people think they're going to come in and get to play with these animals all day, including these big cats, these monkeys, the bear. Um, and while our volunteers that have given of their time for years do sometimes graduate to actually building relationships with these animals. Some of them have even gone in with the big cats. Um, if you find, if you expect to walk in the door and automatically do that, then that's this isn't the place you need to be. Of course, yeah. that's probably a red flag as to the fact it that is. they don't it know is. much about animals. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have a ton of animal savvy. You don't have to be, you know, have all this experience. We can teach you, but you do have to have the common sense. You do have to have the respect to follow the rules we give you. Mm-hmm. We have to know that you can make good decisions, and honestly, you have to have a healthy fear of the animals you're working with. Yeah. Um, I say healthy fear, not a, not a scary fear. Um, yeah. we need to know that you can confidently walk in and do what you need to do, but also have a healthy respect for the fact that some of these animals can literally kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I have people walk in that want to volunteer and say, oh, I'm not scared. I can do this. I see arrogance, not confidence. Yes, yeah. that's, and that's dangerous. So that's a, exactly. It's a big red flag. Um, so yeah, anybody can be a volunteer. We do look for those people that are willing to commit a good amount of time, uh, usually a minimum of one day a week for the first six months to a year. The more you're there, the more you learn and the more we can trust that you can do things unsupervised. 
Um, we do have a pretty full volunteer list right now. I like to do everything one-on-one training. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't just take in 20 new volunteers all at one time and go, here you go, have fun. <laughs> so um, you, guys, you guys do like a lot of building, you know, building enclosures and things like this. I did notice on the website that there's people with specific talents that you are looking for to help out in those areas. Can yes. you talk about that? Because there might be somebody listening that can yeah. call and say, so, hey, I know how to do that. Yeah, good <laughs> so point. upcoming projects are a lot of big, big, sorry, my dog is running around. <laughs> um, Mia, come here. It's a, a lot never, of it's a never-ending care for animals. It is, scenario. you know, even at home, I have wildlife. <laughs> Mia, lay down. A lot of um, big construction projects. Um, the biggest things are the Camara, the big guy, is upgrading. So we have a huge exercise play yard for the big cats, but they each all have what I like to call their bedroom areas. But it's their nighttime mm-hmm. uh, lockdown areas. So he has outgrown the area he has, and we're building him a new one. Um, a, because he needs to graduate, but B, because we're also taking in, um, another rescue, a lioness uh, in the next couple months and she will need a place as well. So that kind of, uh, enclosure can cost anywhere from five to $10,000 just to house that one animal and is, you know, a ton of work. It's concreting poles into the ground. It's welding things together, uh, for an animal, his size, we're going to be using telephone poles as the main structural pieces. Um, and then, you know, heavy, heavy fencing. And, um, of course he'll get a pool, he'll get sand, he'll get toys, but all of that is a big, big deal. So people that just are comfortable working out in the heat and, but also can follow instruction, can understand that, you know, this is just something where you're willing to get down and dirty, put in eight, eight hours of work and are happy to do whatever. And it's backbreaking work. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we'll, we'll be happy to. And usually we put out the word, hey, this is going to be the construction weekend. Anybody that's got the experience can handle it physically and is looking to give of their time. Um, give us a call or message us here and we'll, we'll let you know when we're doing that weekend. I love it. I love it. So since you guys are a nonprofit, we've talked about the special events that you do to kind of raise money, which hopefully you can have it this year, but we will see how that goes. Um, are there others in the community that you partner with, um, that help you raise funds or any shout outs you want to give to people that you just have, you know, that have helped support you in a big way? Yeah, we do have a very special group of people. Uh, they do a, it's called Megaplex. Um, we, they're, they call themselves furries. They're a, an amazing group of animal lovers. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. The furries? Uh, yeah. Yes, we've heard of furries. Okay. So they do, the convention is called Megaplex every year. They, they do a number of events throughout the year. Um, but their, their biggest uh, weekend is usually in August. And they do a fun convention weekend where they do all sorts of events for themselves. But they also have um, an auction during that time and other fundraising events. And we are usually their, their charity, their organization of choice to then give the proceeds to. Um, plus they'll often do other events throughout the year, whether it be picnics or small fundraisers. Um, and they in particular every year always donate all proceeds. Last year they raised over $40,000 for us. Yeah. Yeah, It was incredible. And I mean, they are just some of the most supportive, I mean, just animal lovers in general, just the kindest, 
fun um, and giving people. I mean, when it comes to our animals and our, our organization, I mean, there's just no end to their their, their generosity. That's so I say definitely they're, they're a big one we'd like to say thank you to. Um, and I mean, around the community, we have just local supporters, businesses that have been sponsors for our fundraisers, some of the restaurants in town um, that have, they love to have Amos at to uh, the Mellow Mushroom Pizza Place, Beefo Brady's. We are allowed to bring Amos to dinner and they love to see us and they have sponsored um, even the Orange County Sheriff's Office is just, we've done events with them. Um, even Fish and Wildlife Commission, okay. uh, the officers, right. will, you know, when they bring us a deer that has unfortunately been hit by a car, been poached, we are now their number one place that they know we have to go bring this deer. Those cats need a deer. They need to get fed. That's great. I mean, it's, I it's so nice. That. I didn't either. Yeah. Oh, well. that's, a, that's a, I mean, and can it be like they found it a few days ago? Like, it depends in the summertime. No, it's got to be pretty soon okay. after because the meat does start to go rotten and we, we kind of spoil our cats. We like to give them yeah. top of the line. Of course. Yeah. Of course. They're your babies. <laughs> yeah. If the officer gets called, like if somebody calls and says, I just hit a deer and it doesn't look like it's going to make it. Or if they hit a deer and it runs off, but it, it's not going to survive. And they unfortunately have to go out and, and put it down. Um, or if it gets poached and you have to have a, a hunting license in order to actually go hunting. Sure. If somebody gets caught doing that, they're not allowed to keep the deer. Um, so they, we are now their number one facility. We used to get maybe one or two a year. We now get at least one or two a month. That's oh, amazing. Wow. Well, that so what, awesome. that just reminds me that I, we have plenty of people that listen that I think would, that's really good information to know. I grew yeah. up in an area where it was very common in Apopka to, uh, to hit a deer or even had, uh, I had a friend who a deer ran into her car. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. so and, don't just keep going, call the fish yeah. and wildlife, let them know that you hit it. Right. And then they'll pick it up and, and they'll take get it in over. touch with you guys. Yeah. That's, now that's awesome. if it's an orange County cause we are in orange County. So I'm not yeah. sure about other counties specifically. It's our, our guys, our officers gotcha. that usually, do it. but the, yeah, they surprise us every couple of days. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Well, of course we know people can make monetary donations through your website. We've been um, throwing up your website on the slides kind of in between. Um, But is there any other donations that they can make directly to you if they have an excess of something that they could could drop drop off or or call call you to arrange to to be able able to to drop drop it off? off? Yeah, so we definitely actually we have an Amazon wish list as well that sits up on Amazon. Yep. And that gives a lot of the basic like dry goods, like dry, uh, dry dog kibble, cat kibble, canned goods, um, bird foods, uh, toys, small mammal foods like ferret foods, turtle foods. So if you prefer to actually give um, like donate an item, you can choose from a list of those. And those are the kind of monthly needs. We go through so much bagged food. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That gives you an idea of things you can choose from. Um, also, if you're looking to get rid of something, um, things like kids toys, like all of those uh, Fisher Price, Little Tykes, uh, large plastic kids toys. Mm. Those are great mm. for um, our small mammals, all of our monkeys, our raccoons, our foxes. We put those in their enclosures. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they last so much longer than things built out of wood and stuff like that. And they love to play on them and they're really easy to clean. Uh, they can get clean very, very well. So that's a great donation. Um, I mean, yeah, if you have, if you've had pets in the past where you're looking to get rid of like cat, cat trees, like those carpet cat trees or a dog bed, or you can always call. Um, there are people that have come up with the, the the wildest things that they got. Well, maybe they would need this. 
Um, you know, blankets, sheets, towels and stuff like that. We have uh, actually an abundance of those right now. So we're actually good on those. So the last couple of times people have called us, we have encouraged them to call other facilities first. But we always say, feel free to call us because if we ever need more, that's always something we need. Of course. Um, and of course, you know, food items. If somebody, you know, has excess of something, I mean, our volunteers clean out their fridge every week and, you know, our animals get like the best stuff. I mean, our bear <laughs> eats leftover Chinese food and salads and pizza nice. and it's <laughs> a very healthy diet. You know, our animals get, we actually get um, Publix uh, down the road donates all of their leftover produce oh, every wow. week. Oh, wow. So we get a, sometimes anywhere from five to 15 boxes of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, all sorts of greens, uh, sometimes yogurt parfaits, those pre-made salads that you might pay $9 for a salmon salad at Publix. Mm -hmm. We'll get a whole box of those. And then each of our raccoons yeah. get a salmon salad for dinner. That oh, how is so that? Cool. Yeah. That is so amazing. our animals eat better than I think I do every <laughs> night. Um, so yeah, non-perishables is always good. Canned fruits and veggies because we have so many produce and fresh fruit and veggie eaters. Um, like I said, our bear gets the leftovers, but she also needs a ton of fruits and veggies too. So that's good. But yeah, if there's ever anything that people think, oh, maybe they can use it, you know, give us a call. Awesome. Um, you know, all we can say is, you know, we've got, we can't use it or we actually have a ton of those, but thanks for the offer. And then we can maybe recommend another neighboring sure. facility that's okay. badly in need of that. We have a ton of other uh, nonprofit, um, you know, friends, facilities that we are always networking with that we try and keep in contact with and help each other out. So Excellent. love that. Yeah. I do too. It's, it's great and interesting. So Kelly, as we're wrapping up, I have to ask the Tiger King. So, <laughs> so okay, let's have it. I just, you know, when, when Angie and I first talked about the organization and meeting with you, you know, I, 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 my first thought was, was that um, a good thing or a bad thing for your organization? Did it have any effect on you? Did it, was there an increase in calls? Was, did you watch it yourself? Did you think, oh my gosh, this is like the worst of the worst? Because we watched it. And <laughs> we were hooked. It, and, it, and I don't normally watch stuff like that. And it was like, um, when people ask me, oh, I'm thinking about watching it. To me, it was like, it was like watching a train wreck in slow motion. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I know. I feel train wreck is probably the perfect word to describe it. Yes. Like you said it first, so I don't feel bad um, <laughs> reusing the word. Right. Um, okay. So let's start back at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yes, I did watch it. Okay. Most of us did watch it. Oh, um, it would be hard Kristen, for you to watch, especially. You know, it it was, but a lot of people thought, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, yes, at some points it, it did kind of bring tears to my eyes yeah. because I, I would never treat an animal in the ways that you saw some of it. Mm -hmm. But I've been in this business long enough. Um, you know, my director, Kristen, has been in the business for 30 plus years. We've seen it all. Um, yeah. So we're very realistic. We know it goes on. We hate that it goes on. Um, we can't control what everybody does. Uh, we can only do our best to take care of what we have at our place and hope that we can create a mission that, you know, mm -hmm. us and our neighboring mm -hmm. facilities and that, you know, we can only pray that every uh, sanctuary or rescue like ours has the same goal in mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having said that, we do know the unfortunate happens and um, and that's that's heartbreaking. But 
Yes, I watched it out of morbid curiosity. Same. Um, Same. I do know of the characters in the series. Um, Kristen has personally knows some of the characters in the series, and she has had some contact with them. Yeah. I guess I'll leave it at that. She has, you know, had some run-ins yeah. with a few of them and does not always uh, see eye to eye with of course, them. I would expect not. But I would also yeah. think that if there's any good to come out of that, it's that the general public awareness of these for some of these facilities that are not on the up and up, you know, I think it makes, and I could be a little presumptuous here, but I think it makes you more aware of looking for it. That doesn't look right or that doesn't seem right whenever you hear of or go to a facility. Um, Because to me, I didn't even know, and this is kind of naive, but I didn't even know it was possible to have a, to have a sort of sanctuary or a zoo without having, without following the proper procedures. I thought, you know, the rules are so tight that you, you know, they're on top of it. And uh, obviously it's heartwarming to hear of the type of facility that you guys have, but I couldn't help but ask because I guess I thought for those of you that are doing the right thing, when you see that, it sounds like it was no surprise to you. It was kind of the same old thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not because you know, those facilities exist out there because guess what? Some of our cats probably come from facilities like those, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to think that's where some of them originated from. So you just are thankful that now they live in a better place and are not subjected to that kind of thing. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's not, wasn't really bad publicity for us because we don't do any of those things for you actually. I think it actually has been. Um, we didn't get any bad stigma from it. We definitely got a few phone calls. It was more a lot of our own friends and family of the volunteer staff, um, my family, my friends, uh, Kristen's family and friends. Yeah. Uh, we were in- yeah. inundated with uh, contact saying, did you see this yet? Yes. Um, and we did. yes, we did. We saw it. Um, but it was a lot of people actually kind of standing up for us and saying to these other facilities, you know, I should be more like care, you know, thank, thank God you guys exist and and are not like them. So it definitely was good for us. Um, but it did kind of open up the door for the questions of a lot of things. And it just made it so that we had to then answer all those questions as tours came in or people would, would inquire, but no, it definitely wasn't bad publicity for us at all because we've, that's not us. That's not what we do. Um, and so it just kind of had it, opened the door for all of, you know, the, the people that don't treat their animals right to yeah. get, you know, open their to eyes, get, hopefully. To yeah. hopefully get busted. I mean, to get, <laughs> honestly, I just say yeah. that because when you talk about <laughs> animals coming from those types of facilities to your facility, that's, that's what we want to happen. Right. I mean, that's yeah. one of the, I mean, yeah, we, if, if that's what were to happen, we would take, you know, we'd do the best we could. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have nothing to hide. That's what, that was one of the things that Kristen has always said is we've never had anything to hide. Come see our, our, our facility, come meet our animals, come talk to us. Um, we're not doing anything wrong here. Everything we do, we are very honest about because we've always believed what we do is what's best for the animals. Yes. Well, I I didn't even know about you guys until Angie told me, I love what you guys are doing. Can you tell us one more time just for our listeners and those that are watching how people can find you and, uh, you know, Phone number, website, 
easiest yeah. way. So we actually have a brand new website coming out. So the website that you guys have put up is definitely an outdated one. So for those that have been watching, um, it's going to be the same website address, I believe, but it will be a whole brand new, awesome updated website with some, a ton of new information. All the new animals we've rescued will be on the website with some new vlogs and some new community updates. So definitely tune into that in the next month. Very nice. Um, and that's www.carefoundation.org, the carefoundation.org. Yes. Yeah, so we'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll and then, of course, we do have the, a thing. Uh, sorry, sorry to to say, okay. we'll put a link to everyone that you mentioned as well as, uh, you know, uh, okay. your website, your Amazon wish list and everything. So if you're listening okay. now, you can scroll yep. down on your device and find all the links that and, uh, we've been talking and about. And the Facebook page, too. Yes. So we do have a Facebook page as well as an Instagram page uh, that Kristen runs the Instagram page and hers. It's really fun because her page is a lot of what goes on behind the scenes with mom. Like she'll do sometimes once the doors are closed at nighttime when she's hanging out, she'll have Amos out watching TV or our little prairie dog Snoop Dogg running around the house. So sometimes she gets a little bit of like the view from mom of what goes on Mm -hmm. as well as a ton of educational posts. And of course, you know, what goes on around the facility. So she runs that page. And then of course we have the Facebook page, which we've been running the fundraiser from and just general what's going on, but definitely, yeah, our website, we're really looking forward to a new look because what we have up there is so outdated. We have a brand new web designer. We're really excited to be working with right now. So yeah. Um, And then if, you know, our phone number is directly to Kristen's cell phone um, and that's the way to book tours. Um, If you do want, to check out the website, there will be new volunteer information on, you know, how to look into that as well as how to book tours and events. Um, we're hoping to at some point be able to set up a merchandise section where you can actually order some of our animal crafted uh, stuff as well as t-shirts and hats and things like that too down the road. Oh, so we're looking to really up a lot of that to generate some some support that way and kind of kind of get our name out there. And we'll make sure to put the famous Amos page too. The Facebook page yeah, he, for Famous Amos. He hasn't been on in a while, so we got to update that, too. We were slacking on our social media with all of this going on. Uh-huh. Um, and we definitely, but the, the website is the biggest thing we want to put up. Profiles of all of our volunteers and their animals. Oh, um, but the biggest thing is hopefully starting some webcam stuff with the animals and and getting everybody more of like a day-to-day, hey, what's going on right now in our place? So Right. right. Oh, that'd be cool to be able to peek in on a webcam and see what's yeah. going on with some of the animals. Yeah. No, we're hoping to make yeah, that's, that's kind of in the future, but at least um, all the animals we've taken in, because we have so many new animals that people don't even really know about yet unless you've taken a tour with us. Yeah. So yeah. we want to introduce them to everybody and let them know. And, of course, the animals that are going to be coming in, that's a, an important part of our fundraising right now. We want to be able to tell everybody about that, too. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for sitting with us tonight. It was super educational, very interesting, and, and we're excited to kind of help get the word out and yeah. get more people And we're excited to involved. come do a tour when you guys open back up to that. Yeah, oh, definitely. we are so excited to have you guys out, too. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, have a good night, and uh, we are going to take a quick two-minute break for those of you guys watching or listening, and we will be right back. Thank you again, Kelly. Bye, Kelly. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. You Bye. Too. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for that interview. I know we ran long, super interesting stuff. I could have talked for so much longer. I really could have too, honestly. (laughs) I'm excited to go there. So right before COVID happened, I was talking to Holly Fox about, um, she was 
they do tours and you know there's a certain price for up to six people or whatever you get the private tour sure but then this all happened and we couldn't go so we're gonna go oh before right before covid COVID. oh i did not know that i never know what we're doing yeah me and her were talking about going yeah and she's like do you guys want to go i'm like yeah but then everything happened right and we couldn't but we are gonna go because that is a Really cool thing right down the road from us to do. I, did, I had no idea Support it was there. local charities, people. I had no idea it was there. But anyway, in the spirit of sort of wrapping up before we get super long, I know we're going an hour deep now. Um, I had a couple of things I wanted to mention, a couple of things I wanted to plug. I know you did too. Mm-hmm. We had a date day uh, yesterday. Finally, we wore our masks out there. We took them off when we got in there and then we took them back off. But I'm talking about a place called the Fourth Wall Super cool place. You can actually go into the set of right now they're doing Friends and that 70s show. Angie and I went into the front in Monica's apartment. It's Monica's apartment that they're doing right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you tell them about it. You're the Friends junkie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was very, I mean, it was almost exactly like her apartment. Now her apartment changes like throughout the season. So I'm sure they chose whatever, you know, season that they were kind of working on. Sure. But of course, they they did a great job. Oh my gosh, it was literally like being in Monica's apartment. Yeah, it was really cool, and there were so many little details you could find. And if you're mm-hmm. a, if you're a fan of the show, and you know about like the Geller Cup, or it's there, it's there, or that what's that little board you had with the post-it notes on it? Oh, that's the game that they did, oh, the, the lightning round. Oh yes, the lightning round game. There's just uh, there's pictures of them like. On the table. I mean, it really looks like they live yeah. there. It was really cool. Then we went to Eric's basement in that 70s show. These are two of my sleep shows. So this was like perfect. That was like a little bonus part. Yeah, that was so cool. And like, if you look around in there, it's like Eric's fat burger badge is in there. Uh-huh. And uh, there's like old newspapers and old magazines from the 70s. And, and it looks just like the set. So Yes, and people taking your kids there, be careful of the magazine sitting on the counter. The Playboy magazine real. is a real Playboy. <laughs> Boy magazine. That is not a prop. <laughs> it is not a prop, people. Oops. So, little children, please yes. be careful with bringing your little children there unattended. Yes. But we had such a fun time, and it's highly recommended. And I think it's like 15 bucks a person. They don't let you stay in there very long, but they wipe it down with Lysol and everything in between. So and what I love, though, is that we talked to the owner, and um, this is... COVID is the thing that made them do these private sessions yeah. where you, each um, party gets 10 minutes in each room. Of your own time instead of a million people yeah, in there. Which yeah, which is so... I told him, yeah, you have to continue that because it's so much better than people walking in your way and then trying to get a picture. So, yeah, I like it much better. I said, yes, keep that up. So we're going to try to have him on the show. That would be really cool. Oh, yeah, that would be great. We left the card. where uh, this idea came from. Yeah, you know? and uh, we left contact information. We should email them, but uh, we forgot to bring cards. Yeah. But uh, very cool. They're going to be adding things. They've got enough space to add like two or three more sets. And uh, they it's said really Orlando's fun. been very receptive to this. Yeah. So they were, they've actually been booked up. Yeah. Like all their slots were booked up for this. Yeah. And, um, and I think now it's like you can buy tickets, but you have to wait. Yeah. Like until everybody else has kind through. of gone through. Yeah. But anyway, if you're looking for something cool. fun to do, you give them a call, find out how far out the wait is, but it's uh, highly recommended. It's inexpensive. It's a fun thing to go do. It's still, I feel like it's a safe thing still because you, you can wear your mask, you get in there, you can see them cleaning everything in between. And, uh, and then you can go, you know, sit on the couch and the friends yeah. in Monica's apartment. They're talking about possibly, possibly in the future adding Big Bang Theory. 
which is another show we love and that'd be really yeah. fun to do. And it'll be neat to see if they stay and they continue to add sets who, you yeah. know, who else they add. All right. I'm going to show you something. I'm a super fan. Okay. Oh, here she goes. How are you possibly going to do that? She has a friend's tattoo on her foot. So there you go. That is, that is dedication. <laughs> Mindy Fox took me to get that tattoo. We got matching friends tattoos. That's right. That's what we did. Anyway, so what I want to talk about is a charity event that we are going to be a part of in July. And it's from July 17th to July 25th. So it's a long one. But they're doing this thing called Barn Raiser for Evangeline. And Evangeline is a little two-year-old girl that was diagnosed with cancer. Yes. And um, doing like chemo daily and, you know, a very big struggle on the family right now. Obviously, financially with everything with COVID going on as well. Yes. Um, so, Shabby Joe. Joe Ellen. <laughs> Her name's not really Shabby Joe. Um but, but she has, she has put, put this, this is, is is putting this, this event together, together with the big, big red barn of Geneva. Geneva. So, so it's like an, an antique, antique store, store kind of like Trader Mays or right. Napopka. And so, so it's a week long, but they're going to have different events kind of every day, like different purchases. A certain percentage will go towards um, Evangeline. Right. And um, then the last day on the 25th, we're going to do a big blowout. The Kitchen Killers are going to be there. Oh, I love it. And um, they're going to be performing. I think their time is going to be like 11 to 3. Right. Um, so they're going to be there um, entertaining the crowds. And it's just going to be a really cool thing. It's going to be like a silent auction type event. And we are going to have Joe on, I believe she's on July 7th, so that we can chat a little bit more about it. Bring some, some hype, hype up, up around yeah. it. Oh. But what we are looking for is if anybody wants to make donations for the silent auction. So if you have gift cards from your business that you'd like to donate, little gift baskets that promote your business, services that you offer like gift certificates, anything like that, that would be very well appreciated to put into the silent auction because it's going for seven days. So they need things for each and every day. Yes. Even something like, you know, bottled water that they could sell at the event or something like that. Anything. So if you would like to make a donation for this event, let us know. We're starting to kind of organize things and collect things for them. And we will be out there on the Saturday to help them out. I'm excited about it. It's going to be great. What a great cause too, you know. But that's all I have because I'm super tired and I'm hungry. Me too. We've been working in the yard all day before we started the podcast tonight. I'm, I'm starting to feel it. I feel like I was getting a little burned towards the end. I want to yeah. say one more thing. Uh, I wanted to give a congrats to Tornatories because they ended up winning the best takeout in Orlando. I think it was called the best takeout. Which is weird because... They're not. They're not really takeout. I mean, you can take out, and they've been doing the it thing. It tastes delicious when you take it oh, out. It's, it tastes delicious <laughs> in the store, out of the store. So you know, of course, we voted for them because it's our favorite restaurant, or one of our favorite restaurants. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to give congrats to Denny and the staff over at Tornatories. We love that place. I know I we plug to, it all the time. Yeah, but, I wanted uh, to tell Denny, and and you, you can call Dan and ask him this. Angie don't have very many favorite restaurants. I have two. Yes. yes. Tornatories is one of them. Yep. I am very picky when I go out to eat. Yes. <laughs> about the f- food being fresh and really made from scratch. Yep. 
And I know I the know difference. difference. Tell me I don't know I the know. difference. I love it. I love it, though, because we are trying to eat healthy and get more fit, and we're doing a lot of exercising and a lot of healthy eating. And the food at Tornatories is certainly not bad for you. I don't think it is. No. But I... When I know we're going to cheat and I get Mike at a pizza like or something, I know that if I mention Tornatori's pizza or Tornatori <laughs> stuff, so I'm going to get it. So that's the... It's, yeah. it's, we uh, bring the one home to make. And oh, it's it is so good. amazing. Oh, it's like, so good. It is amazing. Why are we talking about that right now? Because we're hungry because we didn't eat dinner yet. It's 9.30 at night. But guys, we love you. Thank you so much for stopping in and um, saying hi to us. And, and making your comments. comments. I know we don't get, get to comment, comment as, as as we're talking because we, we can't yeah. we, we can't see and type at the same time. We can't do two things at once. But we appreciate every time you stop in and support us. And make sure you support those businesses and charities and um, organizations that we chat about as well. Yes, please do. And remember that anytime you have an idea for the show, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you know someone that might be a guest on the show. A business that might uh, like to be on the show, an artist, uh, a charity organization, uh, you can contact us anytime. You can email us at feedback at findandangie.com or you can call us at 407 490 3899. I have it memorized now, which is crazy. I, I don't know how I memorize it. You sure to. And guys, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. You know, all of our social media. We're under Fine and Angie. And guys, just remember at the end of each and every day, it's, it's all Fine and Angie.